The Daily Gazette Company presents the Weighing In Podcast, the show that brings you inside the Daily Gazette's feature news column. Now, here's your host, writer of the Weighing In column, Andrew Waite. I'm Andrew Waite. Thanks for listening. So after heavy rains last summer, the Museum of Innovation and Science in Schenectady, like a lot of us, dealt with some water in its basement and a good amount of water. And the problem is, in the basement, that's where the museum houses its archives and its storage for items that are not on display. So it's pretty important that that basement be secured. And it wasn't just water, it was also the humidity that rose to dangerous levels If, if in terms of preservation. It was above 80, 80%, which anything above 65%, you risk mold. So museum leaders at that point decided it's time to look for a new building. And they'd already been kind of moving in that direction, but that was really what broke the dam. And that has a lot of people in Schenectady worried that that the museum is going to leave because as museum leaders are looking for a new home and considering possibilities, they're looking in neighboring counties in Saratoga County and Albany County and Rensselaer County, and they are considering all options. And of course, the other option would be that my side would just close entirely, which really nobody wants to see. But so with, with this news uh, breaking, you know, we've known it for a couple months, but now with the conversation ramping up about the museum relocating and getting serious about relocating, there's been a fair bit of concern among uh, many residents in Schenectady that the museum is going to move. And so they're wondering kind of if it actually has to move. So I, I spent the beginning of my week uh, walking around the grounds of the museum uh, and then also Vale Cemetery with a guy named Eric Johnson, who is just, he's pretty much just a concerned resident, but he has a little bit of an expert eye in that he spent some time out west working for a city water department, and he helped to um, install a stormwater uh, runoff system. So he's not an engineer, and he doesn't claim to be an expert, but he definitely has, he has some experience looking at at drainage and just when he walked around my side, just as part of his normal routine, he was noticing the water runoff and was essentially just asking questions like what has been done to mitigate the water flow? And, you know, if, if not enough has been done to this point, could there be an easy fix where the museum could do that and then not leave? So here's part of our conversation. I guess I, I want to draw a boundary that I'm not going to conclude anything um, that's... Um fingers but i do think that it's it is something that can be mitigated yeah and hard to know exactly for how much money yeah so like there's been reports that the building is structurally unsound Mm -hmm. right like what's the what's the truth behind those reports so i asked those questions this week then to uh the museum of innovation and science leaders gina gould the president and um bill sweet a board member and chris hunter who's the guy who handles the archives he's been doing that for decades and what they said was that in actuality they they have not done an engineering study specifically on the water and the reason is because after the flooding, they did bring in an engineer, but what that engineer said, and it, it makes sense, in order to essentially see what the groundwater issue is, 
they would have to drill holes through the museum's basement. And that's how they would tell what the extent of the, of the problems were and what the damage was and then therefore what it would take to fix it. But in order to do that, the museum would have to move its archives and its collections from out of the basement, which is an expensive and months-long process. So that's clearly something that museum leaders are, are hoping to avoid. And now here we are. And I'll just want to play, play for you a bit of my conversation with, uh, with Gina, with Bill Sweet, and with Chris Hunter I was, uh, as I was touring the facility this week and just chatting with them about the possibility of moving. And you can just hear directly from them a few minutes of, of how they were talking about the situation. If money was no object, would there be a way to kind of mitigate the water and sort of rebuild on this site and stay here? Uh, but even in that process, you'd have to pay to move because you would, in, in a construction site, you'd obviously have to move them out of a construction site. Yeah. This is exactly why we need. it's time to abandon the building yeah. because no matter what we do, we've got to move the things out of the basement right. to address what's happening underneath the foundation. And once we move them, yeah. why would we want to move them back? Yeah, right. It, you know, when the building already has HVAC right. issues, plumbing issues, electrical issues, it's round. Well, if you had basically a rebuilt building, then it might be okay, right? I mean, that's what it would sort of take. And that... Right. Yeah. What do you think that but, would be? What did you tell him? Andrew and I, we spoke about relocating, rebuilding on this site, and this site really wouldn't accommodate what we need to do ultimately with 75 or 80,000 square feet. Yeah. Right. Um, I did disclose that we do have a not-for-profit that's interested in buying the building uh, and, and redeveloping the property for community benefit. It's not going to be the same community benefit as a museum, but it will provide a community benefit. Which is great. We but like we're, these we're guys. We're not at a point where we can really talk about yeah, that. Understood. Yeah, understood. Of course. Agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I will tell you, it is a not-for-profit, and it would provide a community benefit. Um, given that same question, what's our best scenario if money were not an object? And I, I said, we basically go find a site that would work and construct a new building. Yeah. And build a museum building. Not try to retrofit an office building or retrofit right. an old train station. Start fresh. Start fresh. Right. Is there a site in Schenectady that could work? There are, there are probably vacant sites that could work, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but okay. an existing building at this point is a challenge. Right. Um, you know, to talk about single floor square footage that we need, we can't go into an industrial park. Um, obviously, the Gillespie Group owns a lot of square footage that yeah. meets those requirements. But right. just taking a look at the shelving, you can see the floor loading yeah. that we have to be able to accommodate. So we can't go into a multi-story building and expect to be able to put the collections and the archives on those floors because typically office buildings are designed about 100 pounds a square foot in load, and we need closer to 400 pounds. Hmm. And ideally, we want to be on a single floor. Okay. Just, you know, when you, when oh, you bring I see. in Just for, of kids, yeah, sure. you know, after bringing yeah. your right, right, right. child to the summer program, yeah. to be moving kids throughout a building is, is not really efficient. Yeah. So a single-story opportunity. So the one that would come to mind, obviously, right away, you've got, um, opportunities in Rotterdam yeah. um, that we're evaluating, but okay. the Viport Mall, right. um, the former or BJ's that'll be former BJ's when they move to their new location. Yeah, uh, buildings like that. Okay, but as far as anything else um, that's readily available in the market, mm. Schenectady County is kind of limited. If the city were to provide funding, could that change the thinking? Or absolutely. And that last 
line from Gina Gould, the president, says it all. She says, absolutely, meaning absolutely, if the funding could come from the city or the county, they would consider relocating to a, pl- to a new site within Schenectady County. And that's it. I mean, I think that that is what there's a, there's a lot of people who would want to save my sci at its current site, but short of that, there are even more people who are adamant about about keeping the museum, the former Schenectady Museum, in Schenectady County. And what Gina Gould is saying is, put up some money, and we can consider that. So that's probably what it's going to take is for local elected officials to be willing to put up some public funding to help keep. My Sai in Schenectady. So there's a meeting this week on Wednesday that's going to bring a bunch of stakeholders together and we'll see what happens from that. But I hope that as the conversation continues, if My Sai, the current site, can't be saved, that at least the former Schenectady Museum can stay in, in Schenectady County, home of General Electric and so much history. So here's that piece. In July 1968, just after the Schenectady Museum's collections were moved into the new hillside location above Knott Terrace, the building flooded. A major rainstorm brought in mud and an inch of water, saturating hundreds of boxes not yet put on shelves. Textiles were destroyed, rocks and minerals had to be scrubbed and reorganized, according to the Daily Gazette archives of the flood. The cleanup effort took staff and community helpers roughly four years. The story now feels like a prophecy. In its half-century of existence, the building of the Museum of Innovation and Science, as the museum came to be called in 2012 to reflect its broader focus, has dealt repeatedly with water issues. A 1998 water main break pooled several inches in the basement. Hurricane Irene in 2011 flooded classrooms with stormwater. The building's roof began to leak in 2016 and last year's downright biblical rains overwhelmed a French drain installed in 2017, once again leading to standing water deep enough to soak shoelaces just steps from the museum's invaluable archives and artifacts, which include 10,000 patents and 2 million photos pertaining to the history of the electrical industry and General Electric. Further compounding the concern, humidity in the basement spiked to 85% last summer and cracks in the floor have formed beneath collections of everything from old toasters and fans to a bright red 1947 soapbox derby car painted with Schenectady Gazette in white letters. The threat of mold begins when humidity reaches 65%, according to Chris Hunter, vice president of collections and exhibitions who has been with the museum for more than two decades. As a result, museum leaders, including President Gina Gould, concluded last summer that the time had come to relocate. It may very well be the right call for a variety of reasons, given the current compromised state of the building, as well as visions for the museum's future that include expanding its footprint. But as decision makers contemplate what's next, both museum leaders and elected officials must prioritize keeping the former Schenectady Museum in Schenectady County. If local representatives are serious about this cause, they will have to commit to reinstituting some level of public funding after county and city financial support was clawed back in the early 1980s. Without public support in Schenectady County, the museum is likely to relocate to somewhere else in the capital region, or else it could close entirely. That's a daunting prospect that could essentially see the archives and collections stripped and sold for parts, sent piecemeal to far-flung corners of the country. 
Given the inauspicious start, perhaps a move out of the current museum site, which was built in a tabletop bowl that once housed school athletic fields, was always inevitable. But in recent years, museum leaders weren't yet convinced they had to abandon their current perch. In the spring of 2021, the museum brought in ME Engineering to conduct a facility study that focused on installing an HVAC system that could deliver the tightly climate-controlled environment the archives demand. The upgrades outlined in this report, as well as upgrades to other basic needs such as to the electrical and plumbing systems, totaled more than $3.5 million. Museum leaders weren't deterred. We worked with M&E and we put together a budget that would allow us to stay, said William Sweet, a MySci board of trustee member who was formerly a vice president of construction for Price Chopper. But several attempts to attain grant funding for these repairs, including a 2022 attempt to allocate nearly $1.6 million for installation of an HVAC system at MySci in a City of Schenectady Community Block Grant, fell through. The MySci project was removed from the city's request when State Office of Community Renewal officials determined MySci had a more, quote, regional draw and therefore didn't match the city-focused grant according to Gould. In addition, the Schenectady City Council never opted to allocate American Rescue Plan Act funding for the museum. Since that time, repair needs have only increased as material costs have also ballooned. And then came the floods of 2023, breaking the dam. Museum leaders brought in numerous engineers, including Labella Associates, to assess what it would take to mitigate the water issues compromising the building's foundation. They were told any estimate would require essentially poking holes in the basement floor. Such a procedure would mean moving the archives and collections from the basement, an involved months-long process that's estimated to cost 300000 each time it's moved. And that's when we said we're done, Gould said. That means museum leaders don't know what it would cost to fix the groundwater issue at the current site. This is the leakiest part of the argument in favor of moving. It could be a quick fix, or it could be catastrophically expensive, Gould said. Still, given the amount of water damage already visible in the basement, from cracks to buckled shelving, and the fact that stormwater overran the French drain on the Museum Drive side of the building last summer, it's reasonable to expect an expensive renovation involving a more elaborate French drain system would be required. Plus, whatever money would be needed to fix the water issues would come on top of other necessary repairs and upgrades. In addition, museum leaders say the current 42,000-square-foot site is at its capacity. To take additional archives, which they hope to do as they envision becoming a repository for all sorts of innovation happening in the capital region, from GE research to semiconductor development to artificial intelligence, the museum would need to roughly double in size. It all adds up to anywhere from $8 million to $16 million to stay at the current site, according to museum leaders. So if we're going to invest the money that would have to be invested to improve this facility, it makes much better sense to invest those capital dollars into a facility that will more closely match what our needs are going to be going forward, Sweet told me in the MySci basement this week. As the conversation moves ahead, it's imperative that everyone makes sure that the math adds up and that the cost of rehabbing the current site truly does come close to matching the roughly $16 million to $20 million that museum leaders say would be needed to build an entirely new facility at a different site. If the math works, my side deserves a new home. Simply put, we'd be mistaken to get bogged down in sentimentality surrounding the current building. It's not an architectural marvel, according to Mary Zawacki, executive director of the Schenectady County Historical Society. In fact, when the museum was being built in the 1960s, the project nearly ran out of money, Zawacki said. 
they'd intended it to be a lot bigger and a lot fancier than what it turned out to be. They kind of stopped construction maybe a third of the way through, and they cut a lot of corners, Zawacki said. The building has no weatherproofing, no moisture control. What's more, the building does not, in fact, have consequential historical value. About a decade ago, museum staff approached the state's Historic Preservation Office about the possibility of listing the building on the National Register of Historic Places. The building was deemed ineligible because of changes to the exterior in the 1990s. Zawacki doesn't see a compelling case for the building ever finding its way onto the registry. She said, I don't think it has any historical significance. It was built for my sci in the 60s, and that's what it's been ever since. There are a lot of buildings throughout the county that are very much worth preserving to keep the interesting character that Schenectady has, and I wouldn't include my sci on that list. Gloria Kishton, chair of the Schenectady Heritage Foundation, sees it differently. She said she'd like to see the building preserved because renovations were designed by storied Schenectady architects Warner Fibus and James Schmidt. But it's hard to see how some meeting spaces in a lecture gallery, in a portfolio that includes the city's library and police station, rises to any sort of capstone status for Schmidt and Phibus. The travesty that absolutely must be avoided is losing the museum and its collection entirely. So going forward, the focus has to be on keeping the museum alive and keeping it alive in Schenectady. The collection is absolutely invaluable, Zawacki said. This area has a very long history of science and innovation, and MySci has the potential to be a forward-looking window, a hands-on, interactive, state-of-the-art exhibition that bridges Schenectady's engineering past with the future of engineering and science and technology. The museum, which is only open to the public on weekends, brings in school groups from 37 New York counties throughout the year, and it regularly works with researchers from 30 countries, getting 1,500 research requests a year from playwrights, PhD candidates, and many others. Not surprisingly, the museum already has many suitors situated in neighboring counties, and, as Times Union columnist Chris Churchill wrote, the New York State Museum in Albany may be a fit. Gould said an ideal arrangement is a partner that's willing to provide some amount of financial support, as happens at facilities in other New York cities where the municipality owns the building and provides help with annual operating costs. For too long, MySci has operated solely with private funding. We personally feel a real responsibility that these things are part of Schenectady's history and part of the electrical history, said Neil Golub, chair of the museum's board of trustees and retired Price Chopper CEO. Golub has provided hefty financial support to MySci for decades. Neither the city nor the county has put up a dime for this wonderful facility for so many years, Golub said. Elected officials, museum leaders, and others will be meeting this Wednesday to discuss the options surrounding MySci. The meeting was convened by State Assemblyman Angelo Santa Barbara. There has to be interest at all levels of government, Santa Barbara said. And what I said is, I'm willing to help. Who will join me? Who wants to be a partner in this? But it's not yet clear whether county or city leaders are willing to financially back the museum. Schenectady County Legislature Chair Gary Hughes told me he's open to public support so long as few criteria are met. Obviously, he'd want any future site to be within Schenectady County. Hughes also wants to see evidence that museum leaders have truly done their due diligence in determining that the current site isn't viable. Schenectady Mayor Gary McCarthy did not return a request for comment. As for the current site, museum leaders say they have a potential buyer, a nonprofit that would provide some level of community benefit. The concept would call for redeveloping the site, which would mitigate the drainage issues in the process. 
Schenectady County Metroplex Development Authority Chairman Ray Gillen confirmed he's heard about the potential for a purchase. I think there are a few housing developers who are looking at it. That's all I can say, Gillen told me. So no, it wouldn't quite be the same benefit as a museum, board member Sweet said. But I think it would be something that the community would wrap their arms around as much as they would hate to see us go. Meanwhile, the museum that currently sits on the hill above Knott Terrace continues to be at risk of flooding. Sweet estimates the museum has only two years left before the building is no longer viable. Another summer of heavy rain could accelerate that timeline. Do we find an alternate location, and do we secure funding we need to get there, or are we closing up? Sweet asked. At the end of the day, those are the bottom line questions. And now we come to read a response. Uh, Since we have not been doing a podcast for a couple of weeks, I'll just remind you that we welcome letters and feedback. You can email me or call me. My email is await at dailygazette.net, and my cell phone, we'll put it in the show notes, and it's at the bottom of every column that I write. And if you wanted to leave a voice memo, I'd be happy to play it on the podcast. That's all for this episode. Thanks to Proctor's Theater and to Open Stage Media for a new partnership that's uh, with the Gazette that's helping to produce this podcast, and specifically Zebulon Schmidt and Jeremy Klo. They are the guys making it happen. Thanks to Aaron Palaya, who handles marketing for the podcast. I'm Andrew Waite. Take care.